This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. This topic today is one that I am super passionate about. And if you've been following me online, on Instagram, or listening to the podcast, you probably have a pretty good guess of what the topic might be. It is the topic, kind of a broad topic. We're going to use the word hospitality. But as my guest in studio, Shannon Martin, says, hospitality can be defined in a lot of different ways. And so we're going to talk about that. She has a brand new book called Start With Hello and Other Simple Ways to Live as Neighbors. And I read her book, The Ministry of Ordinary Places, I believe it was back in 2018, and it just hit me in deep spaces. And as I was telling her before we went live, we were in the process of just God was really working in our heart to just prepare us for opening up our doors to not only those in our community, but then also opening up our doors as foster parents. And we didn't know in 2018 that that's the work that God was doing, but just in little ways here and there, he just kept bringing these themes in. And her book, The Ministry of Ordinary Places was one of those. And so Shannon, I just appreciate the work that you are doing online, how you are encouraging people. And I would love for Anyone who doesn't know who you are, if you could just start by introducing yourself. Yes. Thank you, Crystal. So yes, I live in Goshen, Indiana, so way up close by the Michigan line. My husband, Corey, and I have been married for about 23 years. We have four kids. One is grown and out of the house, and then we have three teenagers still at home, Calvin, Ruby, and Silas. And all of our kids came into our family through adoption. Mm. Um, so that's a thread in, in our story. My husband, Corey, is the chaplain of our county jail. 
And we, yeah, we moved to our, to our really um, beautiful, it's so special to us, our neighborhood about 10 years or, or so ago. And, and that marked a, a really big transition in our life in a lot of different ways and just really kind of set the stage of beginning to ask the question, why does it matter to live as neighbors and what does it really look like? How do we do it? And mm. I want to begin by saying, when I say the word neighbor, I am talking about the people who live to the left and to the right of us, but I'm really just talking about our local community and even beyond anybody whose lives are intersecting our lives. I consider that neighbor. So I kind of, I stretch the the word for all it can be stretched. Kind of, I mean, I feel like that's a biblical terminology of when, you know, Jesus is saying like, love your neighbor. That's right. It's, you know, the people who are, you're doing life with, they're interacting yes. with, your paths are crossing. So I loved when you start with your book, um, Start With Hello, you you say right from the get-go, you're like, if you're like me, you might be skeptical that life could be brighter with the added complication of other people and all their tangled messes. Maybe you're afraid I'm trying to trick you into doing things you're not ready to do. Or maybe you've read other books that talk a lot about table settings and charcuterie, but don't quite fill in the gaps on how to get from right here, picture frumpy feelings, two days sweatpants, and aversion to small talk to the rest of it. And I hear from so many women who they say, I want community in yeah. my life, but I'm scared. I'm scared sure. of the risk of mm -hmm. putting myself out there, of inviting and not having it be reciprocated yes. or people not wanting to get to know me or feeling like that, sure. that, that feeling of rejection. And also, I don't know how, like, where right. do I start? I'm not this extroverted person who just has all these ideas of planning parties, but I want community. So I'd That's love it. for you to just start Start there. Are you yes. this extroverted person who plans no. parties? <laughs> oh, I, how I wish. How I wish. There, there are a lot of times that I felt like, you know, I write a lot about the themes of community and connection and, and neighboring. And I so often feel like I'm not good at this. Um, and I want to be clear that it's not so much about are we naturally wired to do this? In a lot of ways, I've come to see I might really be the right person to talk about this because for me, I have to push myself. I have to, to go out of my comfort zone. That's just, that's always going to be part of it for me. I'm deeply introverted. I would almost always rather be home alone with my book and my tea. Um, but I've just learned from my neighbors, anything I've learned about this, I've learned from, from my actual neighbors and the people around me that when I put myself out there a little bit, and you know, this book is start with hello is all about those baby steps. It's not about hosting a dinner party. It's about learning to pay attention to your place, learning to pay attention to the world around you, getting to know faces and names. These are little tiny baby steps that over time build into something more connective. And when we kind of start to form those connections, we do end up feeling safer and more secure and less lonely. And, you know, life just kind of... It, comes alive in some ways, but we have to start really small. So you're the person who would love to stay at home in your sweatpants with your book Amen. and your tea. <laughs> why do you do this then? Yeah. Like, why not just stay home? Because it is one of those difficult to explain situations where when we put ourselves out there a little bit and we take those risks, and I'm not going to say that they always turn out the way we think they will or the way we want them to. But when we start to take those little risks, believing that there is something more for us than kind of this solitary sort of 
solitude life, we get a little taste of it and we always want more. Mm. You know, you said at the, at the top of the show, it, there's, we, I think we're all looking for community, even if we don't quite know it, because we mm. have these barriers between us and what we imagine community or connection to look like. We have so many reasons to be afraid. And, and this world keeps making it harder, quite honestly. It keeps kind of pushing us into separate sides and camps. And when we can, when we can be intentional and just decide that today we're going to set a new intention, we're going to make some, some connections, some real connections, and they might be small and they might grow over time. When we set that intention, we just find ourselves in a place of, um, of, of greater joy, mm-hmm. of a lot of fun and humor sometimes. Um, it can be messy. It can be complicated. But I think all of those things pieced together, that is the abundant life. Mm-hmm. The abundant life means we kind of get it all. And, and we can do that at, on our own time. You know, we're all wired differently. And so it's going to look different ways to us based on where we live and our personalities and all of those things. But there has never, ever been a time when I have put myself out there, even just a little bit, that I've turned around and, and regretted it. Mm. It's just something that the more we have of it, the more we want. Mm. So I hear from a lot of women who have put themselves out there and they've gotten hurt. Yeah. Yep. And so what are your thoughts on, you know, speak to the woman who she feels like, is this really worth it? Yes. I, I don't, I don't yes. want to get hurt again. I'm I scared of that. Yeah. Um, my husband and I years ago hosted a, an ice cream Sunday party and we were so excited about it. We have invited a bunch of people and we bought all the things, you know, all the toppings and not a single person showed up. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate you bringing that up because that's the reality. And it can be so easy when something like that happens to think, okay, I tried it. It didn't work. I'm done. I just hope that we can just kind of, you know, take our time to heal and maybe even to grieve. It's a sad thing. It's a vulnerable thing. My best idea though, and honestly, I've seen this work in my ordinary life time and time again, is to begin paying attention, give yourself time for this to be slow work, but begin to notice other people around you who are also lonely. Mm. I applaud anyone who has has kind of gone out on a limb or taken that risk. And I know it is hard. Sometimes it's just, it doesn't work. It's not the right thing. When we begin to kind of notice, oh, I'm feeling kind of lonely if I'm being honest. And I have a feeling this person is also feeling a little lonely. And I might not feel like I have anything in common with this person on paper. That is how some of my dearest friendships have begun. Mm -hmm. And often they have been with people much older than me, people in a different phase of life than me. And it has been such a rich experience to kind of bring our shared loneliness together and and just kind of say, okay, here we both are. You're kind of lonely. I'm kind of lonely. What if we just had coffee? Make it a small step, but be willing to think outside of these parameters of, of you know, whose life is the most similar to mine, because mm. we just miss out on really amazing people. Mm. So you gave us this idea of, okay, find the person who's lonely. Where, where do we start if we're like, I don't even know. I feel like everyone I know, they already have their people. Yeah. 
one of my dearest friends and the person I'm thinking of the most as we have this conversation, I got to know her at church. Um, and, you know, my family attends a really small kind of neighborhood church. There are not a lot of us. At the time, I was in my maybe early 40s. She was in her mid-60s. I was married. She was not. I have kids. She has never had kids. I mean, in so many, I mean, we were different politically. We had different views on the world, but there was, you know, she was funny. I knew she was kind of funny. There was something about her that just kind of drew me to her. And I knew that in some way she had a a loneliness in her. I think almost all of us do, Mm -hmm. if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. And we just started meeting for coffee and we just got to know each other, you know, as like a, a, blind friend date almost, you know, the ways we, we learn to make connections when we're children, you know, out at recess together, it doesn't have to be so different from that. But I discovered Becca in a place that I wasn't necessarily, you know, our, our type of church is not the kind that has different small groups and classes. And, you know, we're just all kind of there. We're, we're pretty wonky together and we're trying to, to cobble something together. But I, I wasn't, I wasn't there looking for friendship and I found it there anyway. Mm. And and I think that can translate into any number of situations. You know, a lot of us who might have kids, we're interacting very loosely with other parents in in sports things or in school things. And a lot of times we it's it's easy enough to keep it at like a polite smile or a wave. But when we can just kind of take those small steps into letting that conversation bloom a little bit. And then, and taking it a little further, hey, would you want to go for a walk sometime? We both kind of live close to each other. Or do you want to sit together at the next baseball game? This is kind of like the, it's like the hidden magic of building community. And building community requires work. You know, it just doesn't happen as naturally as we sometimes think it would, but it's also much more simple than we think it is. So give us some first steps. We Let's say we've kind of identified a person or two that we think, I feel like I'd like to try to get to know them. Yeah. But what do I do then? You know, yes. I, I, like, how do I make that first step? Like you talked about kind of communicating, I'm lonely, maybe you're lonely. Well, for a lot of people, even that idea of putting it out there, like I'm yeah. kind of lonely. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. What's a baby step? Well, sure. And I don't know that I even articulated it that way. That was something in my brain. Like, I know I'm lonely. I think she might be lonely. Let's just see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes people who are kind of looking for connection, just like we are, they're, they're a little more willing, even though we're all kind of afraid, we're kind of rusty. We're coming out of just a, a cultural moment where our skills that we did have might be feeling a little rusty, but to, to just kind of number one, save some space. Mm-hmm. I am not going to sit here and say that our lives are too busy. You know, that's a message we hear a lot. I don't, I don't like to talk about we're too busy. I want my life to be full because of intention. Mm. You know, my, my life is full, but that's intentional. There's a lot of really wonderful things happening in my life, and it can feel a little chaotic sometimes. But having said that, it's really hard to make connections if we are just pressed to the limit, if we are just completely maxed out. So carving out some type of space in maybe the most intentional way and just saying, okay, starting today, I am going to carve out one hour a week to to kind of try to begin searching for some connection. 
I'm going to carve out one hour a week where maybe I'm just sending a text or maybe I'm asking somebody near me to go on a walk. Maybe I am going to the coffee shop alone, but over time we begin to see the same people in the coffee shop. I mean, there are just so many places going to the same grocery store, being committed to these really local places in our ordinary everyday lives, because that's where the people around us are also spending their time. Um, And then being willing to go first. And that's the hard thing. It's just so much easier to be invited. But we all, we all kind of know how, how good that feels, whether it's happened once or whether it's happened many times, it just feels so good to be included. And, and so we can take that knowledge and turn it around and say, even though this person, it might not work, I might feel rejected. It, it feels a little risky, but to go first and put ourselves out there and be the one to say, Hey, would you have an hour for tea next week? I think eventually it's, you know, I write about, it's, it's a really beautiful thing to to build up our capacity so that we are having people into our homes. But I think that's too big for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. I think we have to start smaller in places that are a little less vulnerable. Um, and, and there are just a lot of, a lot of little ways to do that. One of the things I started doing recently is just keeping Fridays open. Yes. And so just having that open space on my yes. calendar so that if I'm with someone and they're like, we should grab coffee sometime or like yes. you're, you're thinking, I'd like to get to know this person better or this Friday, I'm actually going with two of my friends. We were just talking and she, one of them was saying that she gets milk, raw milk from this place. And yes. she said, I was like, really? Tell me about this. And then she said, do you want to come sometime? And oh. so then I said, well, Friday is open. Yes. And so then we invited another friend and it's just, you know, she was already going to be driving there. And right. so just driving with her to do that. And so keeping space on your calendar yes. so that you, when you want to do something, you actually have space to yeah. be able to do it. It clears up a little bit of that confusion of like trying to sync calendars. That can be mm-hmm. tricky. Another thing I do and my husband and I together have started to do because we just kind of stumbled into it and it works sometimes, a lot of the time, not always, but sending out really last minute mm. invitations to do whatever. So to say, hey, does anybody want to like meet up later this evening for a couple of hours in town? Hey, what are you guys doing tomorrow? Do you want to just meet at the park and grab pizzas and let the kids run around? A lot of times when it's those really last minute, like we don't overthink it as much. Mm. And you you do run into sometimes it just doesn't work for people. But when that happens, the blow is a little less because mm. it doesn't feel as personal. You know, it just feels like, okay, it didn't work this time. But often people say, well, let's try again. Mm. Keep trying. And so just even when we find ourselves with a with a free evening, Corey and I found some of our closest, closest friends in the world, and they don't live next door to me. I very much consider them neighbors. You know, they're in, they're in our community with us. We found ourselves with a free evening. For some reason, our kids were all going to be gone. And we sent a group text to a whole bunch of people in the community that we kind of knew, but we didn't know them well, but like we kind of wanted to get them, get to know them better. We sent a thing out and said, Hey, who wants to come over to our patio, our back patio? tomorrow evening, bring something to share. Mm. Um, And so it wasn't that like, you know, I wasn't trying to plan a meal. I wasn't worried about having the house be a certain way. And six people out of, maybe we sent it to 12 people, six people showed up. We stayed up way too late. And they, to this day, are some of our absolute closest friends. And Mm. so it was just, it was such a lesson to me in not overthinking it and just being really open to see what happens. Mm. 
I love that. And I think sometimes we can overcomplicate hospitality and spontaneous hospitality for me is the best because it kind of lowers the standard. If you're just like, Hey, we're going to get pizza. Can anybody come? And then they're not expecting, wow, they've had a whole week to this whole thing. So you can kind of just takes the burden off. And I really feel like when we just open our heart or open our doors, you know, that just letting people into the real. Yes. People aren't, they don't want perfect people and perfect houses. No, we, we feel that pressure to present ourselves in a certain way, but anytime we're on the other side of that, you know, if we've been in a friend's home unexpectedly or expectedly, and it's just kind of mass chaos and, you know, nothing is perfect and everything feels kind of like a, a blur of chaos. I always feel myself kind of exhaling, mm-hmm. like, okay, we don't have to have it all together. She doesn't have it all together. And so I don't have to either. And that is such a, if we could get into the rhythm of, of just letting our real selves be seen, I think we're all, all of our lives are much more similar in that way than we think they are. But when it comes to, you know, we use this big fancy word hospitality. It sounds so fancy. I wish there was a better word for it. I like to call it for myself, hot mess fatality, <laughs> because I'm like, if you're going to come in, I've just learned over time to, to kind of push down my own internal impulses to make things be a certain way, to contain the mess, um, because I've learned that that is how we build real, true connection, being willing to be seen just as we are. And then it tells the person on the, on the other side that they can be just who they are, and we're going to do this together um, if I, if I only had people over when I cooked a full meal, I love to cook. It's one of my favorite things to do and I'm fairly good at it. But if I thought, you know, I'm only going to have people in when I'm cooking like a, a four course meal, I would never have people into my home. Mm. I just wouldn't do it. And so if I want to build this rhythm of togetherness with other people and we were wired to be in this together, we were built this way. It is not abnormal if we're kind of feeling this sort of internal longing. That's how we were meant to feel. So if we want to get to that place, we've got to do everything we can to just make it very regular, mm-hmm. very ordinary, very bare bones, um, make it simple. I, if, if we only need one thing to have hospitality in and around our homes, it is a glass of water. Mm-hmm. That is enough and it counts. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, I, I love that. Thank you for saying that because sometimes I feel like I have a lot of people enter our home and a lot of times I don't feed them, you know, because it'll, I yes. have found that sometimes adding in the food element yep. can cause extra stress. And in this season yeah. of life, when I have three littles, it's just, I realize that I can open up my door and I can care about a person. Right. But if I add in the element of, I have to fix food for them, it's yes. like, it's, it, it might be too, much, too much that day. And yes. so just, I'll invite people specifically at times when it's not a mealtime and say, hey, can you just come over? Let's go on a walk or something like that. And yes, I'm literally offering them a glass of water. That's it. We can hand somebody a fizzy water. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we just recently, there was another family kind of in our community that we, we knew just a little bit. And I did, I did the thing. I was like, Shannon, you've got to preach to yourself now. You've got this book coming out. And I believe in this book. I believe that it can help us and guide us. But I still feel that anxiety a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like, but I was, I was telling myself, you know what to do. So I sent the text and said, Hey, it was two days from now. Would you guys want to come over Sunday evening after dinner? You know, like you said, Crystal, like set the time for when it's not a meal time. 
we'll sit on the back patio. So nobody came into my house. They could have, it would be fine. We let the kids run around in the yard and we made s'mores at the very end. Mm. And then it was like, it was like two hours, you know, so you don't end up with this long, like, how do we fill the time? You know, what if it, what if there are these long pauses? What if it's awkward? Here's the thing. It's going to be awkward. Mm. That's just something that we have to normalize and accept. I wish I could have written a chapter about how not to be awkward. I need somebody to write that chapter for me. Like I'm always feeling a little awkward. And I think a lot of us are. So to just, you know, we can survive awkwardness. We can, we can push past that when we accept it. We know to just carry on. This is normal. And we're all doing our best. Mm. Well, and sometimes I think for me, especially if it's someone that I'm initially reaching out to that I don't know them very well, if you meet at a coffee shop or a park or something yes. like that, it helps because I've had sometimes, you probably had this where yeah. it was just extremely awkward. Like, right. It was just it was right. not working yes. at all. And you're sure. just like, you know, that's okay. That is okay. Yep. I, always say, I always say <laughs> you have to have a lot of inviting before you kind of yeah. find your community. Yeah. And, and that's part of the process of like, expect that there are going to be a lot of no's and there are going to be a lot of awkward situations. Yeah. But if you meet at a coffee shop or you meet at a park, then after an hour, you can be like, well, you know, I gotta go, gotta run. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's, there's no shame in that. They're really, I mean, these are all the, the really practical things that if we don't address them, it's just going to keep us from trying. Mm. And then so often though, you keep, you know, you keep reaching out, keep reaching out, keep reaching out. And then you will find your people, yeah. you know, you will find, yeah. like you've talked about, like putting out those invitations, you keep putting them out, keep putting them out. And you find the people who they're really longing for community and willing to prioritize it. That's the thing yes. that I found. A lot of people are longing for it, but they aren't ready to prioritize it yeah. or they have too much else going on in their life. They already have community. Right. And so finding those people who they have the space, they have the desire and they have the willingness to prioritize it. The more you keep reaching out, the more yeah. you're going to find it. I was wondering, so you have teenagers. <laughs> what does that look like for you know, just hospitality or whatever hot mess fatality, <laughs> um, with teenagers. Cause I found that sometimes it's easier when my kids were little, Yes, you can meet at the park for a yep. play date or something as they've gotten older, it's looked, it's needed to look different. And I'd love to hear for you. Yeah. I mean, our teenagers are moving in, in all different directions at different times. So there are plenty of times that the kids aren't even around and, and that can be challenging too, because I, I'm such a fan of us looking for connection with people who are not necessarily or automatically in our life phase. So sometimes, you know, the family I was just referring to, they've got much younger kids. Um, and and I, I had the talk, my oldest Cal, he was gone for the evening, but you know, my 16 year old and my 13 year old were home. And I said, Hey, this family's coming over. They had never met their kids. So I said, they, they've got three little kids. I just want you all to be on the patio with us for part of the time. Like I am, I am, I knew their kids would, would have a ball playing in our playhouse in the yard and whatever, they would be okay. But I just set the expectation with my kids. I want you to be there because I want, I want my kids to be doing the things that we are doing. I want to, in some way, instill some of this in them. They might not quite get it or appreciate it now, but you know how it goes. Like you get older and you realize how you were shaped by, by certain things. Um, and so they came out. You know, we kind of chit-chatted for a while, and lo and behold, and this shocked me. I, I did not see this coming. It doesn't always go this way. They ended up playing, like, uh, some weird made-up 
soccer ball tag game with these three little kids. Even my 16-year-old did. And that was not the expectation for her. I didn't tell her she had to do that. She's very shy. And just in so many ways, I was so surprised. But I think when we can kind of include them in a way that also honors where they're at, if I would have said, you have to play in the yard with these kids, there would have it would have backfired. Um, but just saying, you know, we want you to be around. We want you to meet these these people and be friendly and we'll make s'mores. You all like s'mores. You can do that. But it, it ended up going just even better than I could have imagined. So I think just kind of finding that line, it can be tricky, but there are ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and also in this season, I found that hospitality looks like having my kids' friends over yeah. a lot and yep. just having our home be the space where they can come and just yeah. anytime, yes. you know, and that's just kind of been our thing of let us know if friends are coming over. You know, sometimes it'll be like two minutes before, (laughs) right? but let us know if they're coming, but they're always welcome. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the idea of, you know, I talk about hospitality in terms of keeping the door easy on its hinges, because when we, I like the concept of like keeping the door open, but the reality is I don't want to keep the door open all the time. Like we have to have some We've got to find a healthy rhythm of that, and that might look differently for for different people. But I do want the door to be easy on its hinges so that when somebody comes to the door, that I'm quick to say, come on in, even if the house is a mess, even if it's unexpected. Um, It doesn't mean that that it's just like a complete free-for-all and people are constantly coming and going. I couldn't handle that. That would be very stressful to me and to a lot of my family members. But but to just kind of encourage ourselves into that rhythm of being awake to the possibilities and available. Part of this conversation on hospitality has to be, and I feel so strongly about this, we cannot only be the ones offering hospitality. We have to be receiving it mm. as well. If it's, if it's real, then it's going to go both ways. Um, so just being, being awake and available to opportunities as they come that when we're invited to do something, even though there's part of us that might feel anxious about that, like that's just a similar conversation on the other side, um, that we would put ourselves out there and receive mm. so that we, we begin to, to build that rhythm of, of togetherness over time. Mm. And I think that allowing ourselves to not only be the one who is giving but the yeah. one who is receiving. And I find for me, that is one of the hardest things. Like it I, I want to be the giver. Yep. And of so, course. you know, I found that making myself able to be needy, I guess is, is you know, Got that, it. that is a humbling thing for it me. Is. And so allowing other people to serve me, to meet yes. needs, it's not a selfish thing. It is, yeah. It is a humbling, vulnerable thing. Yep. And it opens myself up to deeper community Yeah, because it's not always just one way. That's it. You said it perfectly. It's, it's humbling. It's vulnerable. And that's the, that's the right, that's like street level of connection. That's right where we want to be. Even if we don't know we want to be there, because mm-hmm. even listening to you speaking about this, you know, showing up needy, it makes us uncomfortable. We were not taught, and I wish we were, and I, and I want us to retrain ourselves in that. We weren't taught to show up needy, and we miss out because of it. We cannot always be the one on the, on the side of giving or offering. I think, of, I think of it as, you know, if I'm the one that's always giving and offering in relationships, in um, connection and hospitality, 
um, then I'm really kind of just a, a really poorly run nonprofit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if I'm the one that's that's always giving, always offering, and I am not receiving, it's not really a relationship. It's more of kind of a a transaction. And so you hit on my absolute favorite simple step for building connection is to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And it makes us all like gulp, you know, like, do I really have to? It doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be like a huge ask, but to begin to tell ourselves, you know, if, if my husband needs, this is just a real life example, when he needed to borrow a tall ladder, we have this idea of like, well, I guess I better go buy a ladder for this project. Instead went next door and asked our neighbor on hell, can I borrow the tall ladder? And so our little, our, our block, our actual neighbors have kind of fallen into this rhythm of, can I borrow the wheelbarrow? Do you have a stick of butter? You know, it sounds so quaint and old timey to borrow a cup of sugar, but, but when we can just ask for what we need in those, in those little ordinary moments and offer what we can and we take turns, like sometimes I've got the butter, sometimes you've got the butter. It's just a really, um, it's a cozy way to exist in the world. It doesn't have to mean that we become the best of best friends with our next door neighbors or that we go on vacations with them, but it does mean that they know me and I know them and they know that I have their back and I know that they have my back and I, it's just a, it's just a a better way to live. Mm. Ask for what we need, offer what we can. I love that. Just simple, simple, profound steps to community. Thank you so much for being here today. I just really appreciate your heart and what you're doing to encourage people to make a difference and be open to relationship, even when it looks very different than sometimes what we picture might it might look. And that's, I feel like, where the beauty of community is. If you're listening today and you want some next steps, you want some practical ways to start building this community, to reach out, and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Well, I got a book for you. It's called Start With Hello and Other Simple Ways to Live as Neighbors, and we will link it in the show notes. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 